Hello, I'm Dave Brisky, and I'd like to welcome you once again to this episode of Brisky Business. Thanks for joining me every single week, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Once again, as you know, the goal of this platform is all about you and helping you learn different business strategies and helping demystify the stock market and demystify the business process. We've been offering tips and tidbits every single week to help share some of these learned experiences uh, for you from different guests and from me. And I've enjoyed beaming into your homes each and every day. Uh, remember, you can write me at briskybusiness at entvusa.com and ask questions. And I use those questions to style the program and give you information that you're curious about, that you're asking about. And that feedback has really helped create a great program. So keep those emails coming. Our guest shows have been really, really intriguing. We've had Drew Pearson on the show. We've had Mary Lou Henner on the show. We've had a gentleman by the name of Alex Tice, Chris Lahiji, over and over again. In this show, we have a very exciting guest, so I'm anxious to get to it and excited to talk about it. Remember, you can always catch up on the other programs on the NTV USA app. The format, just to remind you, is Brisk Business Basics, Foundational Business Principles, Brisk Buyer Bail, Brisk Bulls and Bears, and Brisk's Best and Brightest. And that is all about mentorship. So today we're going to get started. So let's do this. And I'm really excited to have a special guest on the program. This very unique, wonderful lady has a versatile and really esteemed career. She calls herself an accidental writer. I love that line. And is the author of two best-selling books, uh, The God Dare and Raising Great Kids. She's a Broadway star. Uh, she's toured with uh, as Anna in The King and I opposite Yul Brenner. How cool is that? Uh, so she was in The King and I for two and a half years. And that's where she met her husband of 36 years, a gentleman named Mike, who uh, is also my friend. Uh, and he was the assistant conductor for that long-running musical. Uh, this lady loves to cook. She frequently hosts online cooking classes, speaking some of her special dishes made healthy. And to add to the cool factor, uh, Kate is mom to Grammy-winning recording artist Francesca Battistelli. And if you don't know Frances Francesca's music, you need to tune into her. And she's known as Mimi to Franny's five children. Uh, Kate Battistelli, welcome to Brisky Business. Thank you, Dave. It is my pleasure to be here with you today. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. So listen, take a deep breath, grab a cup of your favorite coffee if you'd like to, and let's get started with this program. Uh, as you know, and as I said, Brisk Business Basic is how we kick this off. And I really like to tune in on those early times. You know, maybe it's that early time when you were thinking about becoming a, an author, perhaps. And, you know, there's a lot of folks out there that might be, you know, aspiring to do that, but maybe have a little bit of fear or have no idea how to get started. So why don't you tell us about how, uh, how you did that in the beginning and maybe what you learned and how you do it now uh, if you were to get started. Sure. You know, it's interesting, Dave. You, you mentioned that I'm an accidental writer, and I didn't even start doing that till I was in my 50s. My first book just came out in 2012. I was 57. So I'm an accidental writer, but I really didn't even know what I was doing. How The, the whole thing just kind of happened for me, um, which is why I wrote my second book called The God There, because God was really daring me to write that first book, because I, I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't equipped. I mean, listen, I don't even have a college degree. So the thought of me writing a book, it kind of just didn't even make any sense. Because I always figured 
if you're going to write a book, if you're going to do something like that, you have to have an English degree. Well, that's not true because I've proved that you don't. I've written two books and they've done, the second one particularly has done very well. So that, that just shot that right down. You can do anything if you set your mind to it. And that's what I learned that, you know, if, if you determine to do something, there's nothing that's going to stop you. So I just set my mind to it. I learned what I needed to learn. I found somebody that was an expert that was a writing coach. I didn't even know that was a thing, but I found out that it was, and I got some expert advice. And I'm, I'm a very determined person. When I set my mind to it, to anything that I decide to do, I'm very disciplined. And you have to be. any. I mean, anything in life, but particularly writing, if you're going to write a book, you need to be disciplined. It's not something you can just kind of float through. It, it takes time. I mean, if you're going to write a typical book is anywhere from 50 to 75,000 words. Well, that's a lot of writing. You know, I mean, if you, even if you can write a thousand words a day, which isn't that difficult, but that that's a lot of time that it's going to take to write. So you have to have some discipline. You have to have some skills. You have to learn a few things. So I set my mind to do that and I accomplished it. And the neat thing when you, one thing that I say in my book, The God Dare, I have what I call God Dare Secrets at the end of every chapter. And one of my cha- one of my secrets is that when you, when, you, when you step out and you do something like that and you really take a risk, you can call yourself by another name. And the fact that I did that and I wrote these two books, I can now call myself a writer. I couldn't have done that 10 years ago. But now I can. So I think if you, you know, if you're just willing to step out, take some risks, be disciplined, learn some new skills, you can do just about anything. And I couldn't agree with you more, and obviously you've proven that. But let's say there's some young person out there, or someone who's over 50, right, that has the aspiration that maybe they think they have a book in them. If you could give them, besides what you just told us, which I agree with you, that determination, that stick to that discipline is critical. But if there are a couple, two, three tips for them to get started, or maybe some resources that you would refer someone to if they wanted to uh, take yeah. a shot at writing a book? Well, if you're a young person, get some education. I mean, absolutely. I would have, but I didn't know what I was doing. I did go to four colleges in two years. I didn't graduate from any of them, though I did get on the dean's list. I do like to remind my husband of that. But uh, I would say get get a good education. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's smart to do. I just didn't do it. I was I was a child of the 60s and 70s and thought I knew what I was doing, but I didn't. Um, so I think it's always wise to do that and, and surround yourself with good people. There's so much online today. I didn't have that. That didn't exist till when, really, the last 10, 15 years where we've had that available to us. There are so many wonderful courses. There's so much available to you. So just make use of that. Study, um, research, find out all that you can. Surround yourself with good people. There, There's just so much online, even on just something like Instagram. You can find great writers, great great writing groups on Facebook. There's all kinds of resources out there. So just begin to avail yourself of those things. Be around smart people. I always try to surround myself with people that are much smarter than me because I know I'm going to learn things from them. So I think that's that's a good thing to do and just educate yourself. Just continue to learn. Be a lifelong learner. I don't ever want to get to the point where I'm not learning something new, where I'm not pushing myself a little bit, reading books that are just a little bit too hard for me, that have words in there that I've got to go look up. Thank goodness for Google. You know, we don't have to go to the dictionary anymore. We can just put that word in Google and go, oh, that's what that means. I think it's really good to just continually push yourself intellectually, mentally, 
every way. It just it, it just helps us to grow. I don't ever want to stop growing no matter how old I get. I love that. I really do. And I believe in that. I think that's what keeps us young. You know, the yeah. God Dare centers around helping people overcome. And you know my wife well. My wife calls them the devil's weapons of mass destruction, <laughs> defeating the guilt, shame, and doubt uh, that limits our thoughts. Talk to me about what the God Dare's premise is. Uh, we'll, on a, we've got four segments to get through. I think we've got about two minutes. Believe it or not, it's going by quickly. But let's talk about that. Tell me what well, you think. Sure, the God Dare is just that crazy idea that God drops in your spirit where you go, that's really cool, God, but that's way too big for me. That is way outside my comfort zone, and I'm, I'm too scared to, to go out and do that thing. But the thing is that when you, when you take that risk, when you step outside of your comfort zone, you may not be equipped to do it initially, but as you step out, God's going to equip you to do it. He, when, when he calls you, he'll equip you because he has to. I was not equipped to write a book. God had to equip me. He had to give me the ability to do it. I think I had the ability all along. I just didn't trust myself to walk out and step into it. But once I did, he, he gave me the ability and I was able to do it. So I think it's just a matter of trusting that it's in you and God's calling it out. So that's really what it's all about. It's stepping out of your comfort zone and walking into all those things that God has. Fantastic. Um, you know, I, I do things called brisk bits on the program, and I know you've watched a few, but, you know, I thought it might be appropriate here. You know, change is inevitable in business and in all aspects in life, and certainly you've gone through that. Write out your goals, right, but keep them flexible so that you can proactively anticipate when to pivot and adapt the plan to fit the change without delay. Like I like to say all the time, time kills deals and time kills dreams. So it's yeah. time to jump in and get after it. And you are an inspiration to so many having written this book. And uh, I am so lucky that I've got Kate Battistelli on my program. So let's bring Kate back onto the program. Welcome back, Kate. Thank you for being here. That last program really, really ripped by. I mean, you're like from Broadway to Orlando, music to mom. I mean, obviously, uh, you've deviated from an original plan a number of times. I like to call those pivots. But you know what I'd like to know is how you go about making those buy or bail decisions. You know, how do you assess it? And then how do you say I'm going in that direction or I'm passing on it? You know, it's interesting. You call them pivots. We call them 90-degree turns. It's those things where you're going one way and God just says, nope, you're turning left. And we just go, well, okay. You know, it, it just really depends on what it is. Some things are just a timing issue where you know that this is an opportunity and I need to jump on this right away. Other things, it's just it's just timing. They, they just, you, you, some things just take time. I've just found that in my life, some things you can't rush. You want to, you want them to happen right now. There were things that I wanted in my life. I mean, we, we wanted a big family, my husband and I. I wanted five kids. I'm that crazy woman. God gave us one. We kept trying to adopt. I kept wanting to make that happen. There are things that we try to make happen that we can't make happen, that God just says, nope, that ain't going to happen. We were given one child, and that's what we got. And we were, you know, now I look at that, and that that that's the way it was supposed to be for our family. But... At the time, that was really hard for me, and I kept trying to make things happen. So I think there's a there, there's sort of a dichotomy there, what we sometimes want to make happen and strive to, to make happen, that we we just, you really have to just be careful, I think, with, with what we're trying to, you know, trying to make happen, whereas it just, I don't know, it's, it's just a, 
it can be a slippery slope. At least it was in my life. And I had to be really careful and learn the hard way that sometimes my ways are not God's ways. And just learning that in, in just in, in that area of my life, especially when it came to wanting to have more children and a bigger family, I had to learn a lot of lessons. But in other areas of life, with business, with certain things, with opportunities, yeah, I think you just you have to get a sense of what what just makes sense for my life right now. Do I jump on this opportunity? Do I let it pass? I, I often let my husband kind of make those decisions for me. Um, not that I don't think I can make them, but sometimes I just don't want to, to be honest with you. I just, it's easier to say, oh, I'll let Mike deal with that. I'll let him do the more of the business things. And I'm dealing more with my own, with writing, with, I have my own podcast that I do with a couple other moms and just the things that I'm dealing with, with, with my own ministry and opportunities that I do. So I tend to, to go, to lean more towards prayer when I'm making decisions rather than just with what I think makes sense to me. I try to go more towards letting the Lord lead me in my decision making. Cause I think it just, I've kind of done things the other way and made a lot of mistakes. So I just tend to sort of let the Lord guide me in those ways. And that's made a lot of sense for me and helped me avoid a lot of mistakes. You know, I think that's really valuable. I think a lot of times people think there's this formula, right? That I can just read it in a book and I'm going to follow this formula. But at the end of the day, uh, you're using prayer, for example. We need to be at peace with whatever decision we make, whether it's buy or bail, right? At some point, you got to be at peace and go with it. And sometimes it's hard not to look back, uh, but sometimes we do. I had Mary Lou Henner on the program and we were having a conversation about this buyer bail topic and she bailed on being on Saturday Night Live three times. So it's like, ah, but you know what? She can't look back and you know Mary Lou, she's cool as can be. And you know what? Her life turned out right, even though she bailed on Saturday Night Live. So let's talk about this. I love this book. You know, my wife's read it three times. You know, I'd like to talk about, you know, how, uh, you know, what in this book from a bail bail, uh, you know, there's a lot you could have written about. So where did it land? What about this book? Where, what was the tip of the spear for you on making this book happen? Like, what are the key points, do you think, in this God Dare book? Well, I, I knew that I was supposed to write it. And, and honestly, I thought that book was done in 2012. I thought it was re I was ready to, to sell it for sure. I thought everybody was going to buy it back then. But, but God, you know, God's timing is a funny thing. It is not our timing. Just look at Abraham. He was given a promise when he was 75 that didn't come to pass till he was 99 or 90, 99 years old, 100 years old, and his wife was 90. So, you know, our timing is not God's timing. We think we can make things happen tomorrow, and sometimes God says, uh, no, that promise is not for another 25 years. Or Moses in the backside of the desert for 40 years before anything happened for him. So uh, I think for me, just learning, understanding that his ways are not our ways. God's timing is so different from ours. And I thought it, that book was going to come out right away. God said, nope, it's not coming out for eight years. Because there was a lot that I was not ready to put in the book back in 2012 that God had to dare me to actually write. As you know, if you've read the book, you, you know what I'm talking about. But there were chapters, there were things I just didn't want to talk about. So God said, um, yeah, you need to put that in the book. Just ugly parts of your life that you don't necessarily want to share until God says you need to share it and you need to get past that and you need to be willing to talk about it. So finally I did and I said, all right, I just need to be done with this and be done with being ashamed and being, you know, dealing with all that ugly stuff and just 
let it out there for people to to know that that you know if you can if you can talk honestly about things it frees other people to talk about it and it frees other people to face those parts of their past that are also difficult and ugly and it brings freedom to people and to me that's worth everything so you know so I don't know if that even answered your question but it absolutely did answer my question <laughs> and I think when you hit on the freedom to speak it it resonates and especially in these times I know you asked me before the program can I talk about God can I talk about my faith and I'm like geez if we can't do that on this program, we got real problems. This program is about who we're talking to, our authentic self, right? And uh, faith is very important to some folks, and I want to hear about it, and others have different faith that maybe, and I would want to hear about that too. The most important thing is that we don't make people fit into a box or a bucket. You know what I think is interesting that you said is you wanted those five kids, and you didn't get it, but all of a sudden you had one, but how many kids did your daughter have? She has five, so I've got those five grandbabies, one generation removed, but hey, you know, that's a lot less diapers to change, and, you know, and I, but I still get all the fun and the chaos and the, all the kisses and the wonderfulness, so it's, it's worked out great. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Sometimes if we're patient, the prayers are answered just a little bit off your timing. Yeah. Uh, they are. So, they are. so uh, you know, I, I, I did a brisk bit here, I think, that actually is appropriate for your book and for this segment. And uh, it's interesting. If you do enough research and tire kicking uh, as you set up making a buyer bail decision, being relaxed and comfortable is the only way to make this decision and feel good about it. And for you, that uh, led to prayer. So, uh, where do you get the God Dare? Where do you buy it? Oh, it's available everywhere. Amazon, Books A Million, uh, Barnes & Noble, pretty much everywhere. It seems like it's been really successful, Kate. Congratulations. I mean, it seems like it's really doing well, and I think its timing is perfect in what's going on in our world today. What do you think about that? Well, I think so, too, just because with everything that's going on, plus with everybody being stuck at home for such a long time, I mean, now things are loosening up a little bit, but I think I think God has been speaking to people in this season and been stirring things up that, hey, there's some there's things that I want to do in you. There's more that there's more going on than you realize. There's new things that I want to birth through you. There's new risks I want you to take. There's new dares that I want you to take. And if people will listen, if they'll pray, if they'll ask God, I think he'll show them. So I think it is a timely book for now. It came out a year ago, but I think really the, the time for it even more is right now. That's, that's really cool, and I absolutely agree with you. It's, it is a good read, and I think it's an easy read. Um, uh, and uh, I, I, uh, I recommend that people get after it, and while they're sitting there at home, maybe, maybe look into that a little bit and learn something about it. You know, Kate, um, it's interesting, you were out there uh, with Hugh Brenner on The King and I. I mean, you're so young. I would just love, I think the listening audience would just love to know what that was like in your life and how that happened. We got about two minutes. Okay. I know that's well, I was 26 at the time. This is back in 1981, so we're talking a long time ago. I was a young actress in New York. I went out as the understudy for this big national tour of The King and I, thinking, well, I'll never get to go on, because understudies are basically uh, an insurance policy for the producer. Well, about two months into the show, the leading lady got sick. I got to go on, terrified, but I went on for about two weeks. She came back to the show. I went back to being an understudy. Well, about a month into a month later, the producers came to me. They had bought out the leading lady's contract, basically let her go. She had a two-year contract. They let her go. 
They wanted to put me in the part, which never happens. I mean, if you're an understudy, you do not get to take over for the leading lady. It doesn't happen that way, but it did for me, which is just God's sense of humor. I mean, I, I, I still look back at that and go, how on earth? But I ended up being the leading lady with Yul Brynner for almost three years, about a thousand performances all over the U.S. And it just it was a wonderful experience for a very young actress in New York, you know, crazy town. That's all I can tell you. I don't even know how that happens. You know what? I, I wanted you to tell that story because there's a lot of young people that are aspiring actresses. I love to go to New York often. And, you know, as you know, most of them are aspiring. And I think that start, story maybe gives them a little bit of inspiration, you know, and okay, maybe I was second fiddle. But in this case, okay. second fiddle became first fiddle. And look what you did with that. That's just an amazing part of your story and your life. Believe it or not, Kate, once again, this goes by quick. So this concludes the segment of Brisk Buyer Bail. You did a fantastic job. I love listening to you. And we're going to go come right back after a few words from some of our sponsors with Brisk's Bulls and Bears. All right.